Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Spooked. The Scary Story Improvised Podcast. I'm Damian Tepping. I'm Cody Crane. And it's the two boys back again. Another episode of Spook just for your friends. Hey, you've been thinking about that song? That's pretty nice. Yeah, I thought, you know, we need to jazz it up a little bit. And uh, why not now? Yeah, you're... <laughs> why not? <laughs> Almost 300 episodes in. Let's let's jazz it up. Do something different. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... Um... It's the perfect thing. We needed yeah, yeah, a jingle. Yeah. And I've been saying that for the last uh, 300 episodes. Mm-hmm. I said, Damien, get us a jingle. Yeah. And it takes me a bit to to uh, to get motivated and get going. Um, but, you know, I think I think it's been long enough. It's I, I usually do it at the very last minute, like, you know, every five year cycles kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And the, the thing was that I uh, put out this competition, mm-hmm. this <laughs> jingle competition on our yeah. very first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one submitted until no, now. No, no, no. This is it. And I think I got it. Yeah, I think this is this is the one. At I, the very least, I got it on air. I, I'm looking forward to seeing in the next episode if you remember it at all. I won't. <laughs> um, I but, might not even remember this conversation. <laughs> well, we were doing a new thing as well where we were uh, talking about fears. People submitted their fears. Yeah. And is then, there a new one that, for this episode? Well, yeah. I was hoping you would have forgotten about that one. Oh, you were hoping that? was gone yeah um but this one <laughs> this is uh centipedes we mm-hmm. got submitted centipedes fear of them like the little house ones or like big giant ones well just vaguely said centipedes uh, you know what people say they're afraid of centipedes i just don't think they like legs uh, too many of them yeah too many legs yeah, yeah, yeah they don't like legs i think it's the uh, idea of them crawling in your ears i don't think they usually do mm, they could all right. I think anything could crawl into your ear. I well, couldn't. not anything, but anything small could crawl into your yeah, ear. I guess that's true. Well, it's like the whole like myth about spiders crawling into your mouth when you sleep, right? Is that a myth? It is a myth. Why? Why is it a myth? What do you mean? Why is it a myth? Well, I just it seems very <laughs> likely that especially me. It's I, not likely. I sleep with my mouth wide open. Okay. In like a perfect hole, and I wake up with a bunch of cobwebs and a whole homestead. Right, in there. right, 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 right. Look at it from the spider's perspective. They're gonna see this big snoring dipshit, like breathing <laughs> heavily, just slobbering all over. Why would it want to go into your mouth? I don't like how the spider's so <laughs> d- judgmental right off. He the start. is. <laughs> He's pissed off. He had a rough day at work, and he doesn't like you. He's got my descriptors down, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think it started out as um as one of those like internet rumors where they were trying to make like to see how it would spread. And then it just ended up becoming like fact for people for a very long time. I mean, it's still, I, I saw a, uh, a spider above my bed right above mm-hmm. my head uh, the other day. And I was like, well, that well, probably, probably, you probably would poop from up there or you drop uh, old, uh, you know, food carcasses in your mouth, but he might not go in. I mean, or- spider shit spider something's going in my mouth at night and i'm not okay with any of them wow and there you have it something's going in his mouth at night folks (laughs) but it's not all about that today (laughs) because we got a guest here we got podcaster we got writer we got actor we got johanna sharman here oh (laughs) (laughs) i was listening to that whole spider conversation going uh i always thought it was true yeah it's very real to me and the fact mm. that you immediately were like no it's not a thing i was like mm. 
No, it's real. Yeah, <laughs> it could happen. I, I know, I know. It, I think the first time I read about it not being real, I was kind of like, oh, I always thought it was, but it it, it was one of those like weird internet but rumors. Do you not I mean, think that you'd be swamped? Like, it's a very real possibility. It's that when you extremely really- possible, especially when you compare it to like other internet myths of like gum stays in your stomach for seven years and you die. Compared to that, I'm way more likely to believe that a spider crawls in my mouth every night. Like. I- I think, 1, it, I think to a certain degree it is, but when you really stop and think about it, there's no benefit for the spider crawling into your mouth. No, but it, it doesn't know it's a like, spider. Well, <laughs> I, spiders are smarter than you think. <laughs> I just, I, it's, it's looking for, like, it's a warm, moist, dark space. It's just looking for, like, comfort. Uh, anyway, I don't all right, we're going into a whole new warm, I don't think spiders look for moist, uh, warm spaces. Well, there's quite a bit in our uh, wet old house. <laughs> that a euphemism for your butt (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah i i just think that that's a very realistic possibility i mean like my mouth's open in the night spiders are above my bed they're gonna go in it feels so natural like i don't see Mm -hmm. how it could not be real (laughs) well the the fact is it's not (laughs) so what i mean you could start eating eight spiders a year and then it is true for you but how do Willingly, you know? like during the daytime, just picking one up. No, just like like have them at night, right when you go to bed. You know, warm glass of milk, a couple of spiders, and then <laughs> like just like chicklets before bed. Yeah, yeah that's why, cool. <laughs> why not? Well, the thing about spiders is they're not fruit or mint flavored. You don't know yet. That's true. I don't actually. <laughs> it's it's so unsettling to me that you're so matter of fact that I've never consumed a spider. <laughs> I'm not saying that you've never consumed a spider. I'm just saying the myth that you consume eight a year is wrong. Eight. Oh. Okay, I didn't catch that part. You've never heard? Yeah, they say that humans eat about eight spider on average, eight spiders a year in their sleep. Did not retain the number. Just heard like humans eat spiders and was like, yeah. Yeah, you didn't say the number before. That's what yeah. the myth is. Yes, I did. And that is what the myth is, is that eight spiders a year. Well, you didn't. You knew it in your head. I didn't know it was eight. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. It well, I'll check number. back the tape and we'll find out the truth. Well, you, and I'll just show you that you need to start listening you, better. You're going to be disappointed with yourself. Yeah, you so. got two versus one here. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys were just so angry. You're like, I eat spiders at night. <laughs> you were just blinded with rage. I love spiders at bedtime. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> check back the tape. Well, we will. We'll check it back. And if I don't say it, I'm going to add it in in post so everyone thinks I said it. You better not. I will. (laughs) will just be like, every year you eat eight spiders a year. (laughs) I mean, that's definitely going to get added now, damn it. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) What about this whole centipede situation? We had a listener uh, put in, they're scared of centipedes. Is that a fear of yours at all, Shauna? It's, I mean, it should be because when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in Bangladesh and uh, there, I like, the details are very vague here, which is a great story. Um, But I was, uh, I saw like a really beautiful centipede on, uh, on a plant and I was like six or seven years old. I didn't realize it was a bug. So I touched it and it poisoned me and it like permanently ruined my middle finger. I'm going to give you all the middle finger right now. But yeah, like there's like a little bump on my middle finger 
and it's from being poisoned by a centipede when what I was like hell? six or seven years old. It was so pretty. It was like gold. It looked like a nice little bracelet. I was like, I want to touch this. And it instantly ruined my dreams. Oh, yeah. Well, th um, that's like one of those real centipedes that'll fuck your shit up. That this is the most insane thing to me, though, is that we just happen to have that fear submitted. <laughs> And then you were you poisoned are, by one. Yeah, you're probably the only guest we've ever had on poisoned by a centipede. Hey man, the universe works in mysterious ways. Owie, owie. <laughs> I also got bit by a crow, so I think I'm just not, <laughs> not good with animals. Crow, crows will hold grudges too. So what did you crows do? are horrendous. This is also, again, I was very young. Um, there was like a crow's nest near our balcony and crows oh. are very protective of their yeah. eggs so but their eggs are so beautiful they were like this beautiful robin blue <laughs> again you just love touching see, beautiful things exactly anytime i see like a pretty little animal i just want to put my hands on it um so i reached into its nest and the crow just like came in and uh it hmm. took a piece of flesh from my from my hand oh so my God. should i talk about the time i got attacked by a baboon let's stop let's not no, no, going we got to hear these <laughs> okay animal so attacks. bit by a crow poisoned by a centipede and uh, attacked by a baboon you i believe by... that you could eat eight spiders in a year you saw this <laughs> you saw this red shiny hiney and you're like i gotta touch it was at the zoo oh. again i just reached my hand right through the right through the cage and the guy was the the baboon i don't know if it was a man or a woman male or female but it was like no you don't come in here this is my house and yeah. so it slapped me monkey it just slapped you yeah oh that's good because yeah. uh, monkeys are are terrifying <laughs> in that way yeah. i feel like they would just chop your finger off yeah i think it slapped me and it scratched my cousin so i i had it easier <laughs> what did what did your cousin do i think she was just following my lead mm -hmm. we were like we were around the same age and i don't know we were just like oh you're doing it i'm gonna do it too you know how kids are so yeah. yeah i reached in and she was like oh let me try it too and I, I got away before the scratching started. That's good. How many people had their uh, hands in this baboon's cage at the same time? <laughs> it's a fast baboon. From my memory, just the two of us, but who knows? I didn't have great periphery, you know, peripheral vision. Your cousin so. didn't get like monkey pox or something, did she? No. Okay, good. I mean, if she did, she's hiding it very well. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> just living her life with it, never saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Every night she uh, grows some extra hair or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or she's like one of those pieces of toast that has like Jesus's face on it, but it's like on her back. It's a monkey's face. <laughs> you want... How would you get that from a monkey? Uh, it's a magic monkey. Like one of the ones that they make those uh, wishing monkey paws with. Oh yeah okay <laughs> again i'm very like i'm like yeah i guess that could be real yeah, yeah. i mean the the paw is cursed so I, you know it makes sense <laughs> every wish has an ironic twist i thought you were gonna say every wish is a nightmare <laughs> that's more where it was leading to was yeah that. <laughs> it felt like thematically we were heading towards that but anyway <laughs> Well, I was just describing a monkey paw. I didn't. I wasn't trying to stick with the theme. That's all. But yes, every wish is a nightmare because there is an ironic twist to them all. It's very needful things. But I want to uh, get into uh, your comedy, uh, Shawna. Okay. Um, 
let's talk about you here. You're a uh, sketch performer, of course, and uh, writer. Uh, you're in the sketch group Not Oasis, as well as uh, the Dead Parent Society. You created this sketch show, um, which was uh, highly regarded, big fringe hit, um, <laughs> a- amazing show. And it kind of like ties into what you're doing now with this podcast, which I think is really cool. Um, and uh, do you want to uh, speak on? Yeah, so I, so the Dead Parents Society show, uh, which I did and started in 2019, was mm-hmm. a dark sketch comedy review about grief. So I lost my mom in 2017. It was devastating. Um, you know, it's like the kind of loss that you don't really feel like you'll ever recover from. And especially I was 27 at the time. So all my peers still had parents. So it was just like very weird experience of feeling very, very isolated and alone. But through that experience, I also kind of found like there were these moments of genuine like humor and lightness because we as a society are so uncomfortable with grief. Like we are so uncomfortable talking about death and dying. And so we do the weirdest, most awkward things when when we're dealing with it. And I just found a lot of comedy in that. Um, So in 2019, when I decided to create the Dead Parent Society show, that's what my aim was. It was not to make fun of death or grief or whatever, but it was like, we can find humor and lightness in this shared universal experience because ultimately that's what's really fascinating to me is that it's universal like literally everyone you know has either already lost someone or will lose someone at some point mm-hmm. and yet we treat it like it's like this one-off of like oh it happened to them it's really sad but like it's never gonna happen to me I don't want to deal with that um and that's where all the awkward <laughs> comedy comes from um so yeah that show um you know kind of I was pleasantly surprised by how well it was received honestly I when I started out doing this uh this whole like my obsession with grief I've always been like I don't know how other people see it I feel like other people see it as like this weird little creepy like dark thing that I'm obsessed with but um to my to my uh surprise people uh are very fascinated by it and which is always great because I'm fascinated by it Um, So yeah, that show was um, wonderful. And we performed it at Buddy's in 2019. And then um, at uh, Toronto Sketch Comedy Festival again in March of 2020. And the timing of that was really interesting because our last show in March 2020 was um, March 14th, which was the day before everything locked down. So we like did this big festival closing show. And then the next day we all went into isolation. And the next year, like this year has been living through this pandemic it's been like reliving grief in a different way right because Mm -hmm. we're all grieving the loss of our old normal lives and it just brought up a lot of things from my grief of losing my mother where I was like oh there's so much commonality here there's so much like it it made me feel like I was grieving my mom again but in in a new way so from that I kind of thought like okay wouldn't it be interesting to talk to other comedians about this experience because the sketch comedy show we did in 2019 for uh, like that, it wasn't just me, it was myself and four other cast members who had also lost a parent young. So like our group together, I found a lot of connection and it was really healing to like talk to other people about it. So my idea for uh, this most recent project which is my podcast called Finders Grievers, it was uh, that I want to find other people who have grieved and talk to them about it, talk to them about their experience, what they learned from it, what they 
loved about it, hated about it. I mean, I don't know what you love about grief. <laughs> Not really sure about that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's just like, for me, it's really about embracing the wholeness of us as human beings. I think society puts a lot of focus on like, be happy. When sad things happen, just like put on chin ups, just put a smile on your face and get through it. And I just was like, there's some shit that you can't just get through. And I think we as a society need to do a better job of talking about it. So that was my um, sort of thought going into this podcast. It's, I'm calling it uh, a happy-ish podcast. It's about sad things, but it's uh, most of um, the conversations are actually really happy, not just because not just because I think uh, I'm talking to like writers and comedians and artists who are, who've had some time to sit with it or often can find the levity in it all. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's been fun. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's been fun. Uh, yeah. Do you th I think it's really cool to uh, use like, or to have like that, like vulnerability and something so personal and bring it into your art like that. Um, do you find it to be like very th therapeutic as well to uh, do so? Yeah, it's been very cathartic. I was talking to a friend about this recently because when my mom passed away, I went to her funeral, obviously, but I don't remember much from the funeral, which I think people expect like, oh, this funeral is like this big special experience. It really wasn't. I was in a daze the entire time. I felt like a cardboard cutout of a human being. Like people were just like pushing me towards things. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're dealing with this now. It's a very surreal experience. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel the catharsis of like, you know, thinking about my mom, honoring my mom until two years later when I started writing about her and in, in, um, mm -hmm. writing about her in general and then writing comedy about grief. Like, for me, taking all those big feelings that I was having the year that I lost her when I was grieving her, like it was all just like trapped inside me. It wasn't until years later when I started writing about it that I was like, oh, there's like, I can do something with these feelings. I can channel it into something right. great. Um, so I said this to my friend, I was like, I didn't feel that cathartic big release until I, I did that show. That show was like that big moment of like, right, this, this is, I, 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 this feels right. Yeah. It, it makes sense because like the, the thing is that um, you kind of got to go by your own time for these things. Mm -hmm. And like the thing with like funerals or whatever, like obviously they're nice. Everyone gets together and like kind of like celebrates that person, but it's very much like time limit kind of thing, you know, like, yeah. Um, so with how like, quickly everything goes by like it's hard to even sink in especially with everything that's on your mind in those moments um so yeah like that extra time and being able to do it through writing like that that's i mean got to be the kind of the perfect thing and um yeah yeah especially like i remember coming home from the funeral like the couple days before the funeral there were always people in our house, right? Cause like everyone comes to see you when someone dies, everyone pays a visit, everyone's like, oh, we're so sorry. But then the funeral happens and you come home and it's literally just an empty house. Cause everyone's yeah. like, well, we did it. Check mark, funeral done. Uh, and that's when you like really feel the isolation of like, oh, like everyone paid their res respect, their tribute, et cetera. But now it's just me. And I just have to deal with this for yeah. however long, like really, for the rest of your life like for me i'm gonna grieve my mom until the day i die because she was like 
she's my mom. You, there's no walking away from that. So yeah, I think that isolation of that, of loss for me, the really healing part was like when I did start writing um, about grief and I found these other writers and we created the show, like that connection is exactly what I needed. Like that was the healing part of it. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I And like uh, you spoke on doing the podcast now and uh, getting to talk to other people. Uh, welcome to the Sonar family, of course. Now uh, we're uh, there together. Uh, but uh, yeah, what was like the main inspiration for doing the podcast? Like you wanted to talk to um, uh, other people that were going through the same thing. Is this um, is this something where you've kind of felt because obviously you talk to people throughout like life or whatever um and mm -hmm. like meet people that are going through the same thing but um what was kind of the i guess the inspiration to it to kind of like bring people in and to bring it into more of a public form this conversation yeah so for me the biggest thing and again i i said this earlier mm -hmm. it's fascinating to me how uncomfortable we are as a society yeah. with grief knowing that grief is universal it's really like we're taught from a young age to to always be happy be happy in public you know you gotta you gotta just put a big smile and like be especially i think maybe i feel this extra as, as like a woman like you're always told like you have to be positive you have to smile all that bullshit, and I just, I think for me, the, the, like one of the frustrations is like, why are we hiding our sad parts? Like, why are we all so obsessed with happiness that we're ignoring wholeness? Like we should be whole people that can be both happy and sad. And especially in the case of like grieving people where you can't be happy. Like you, it's really, I don't know how else to put it. It's impossible. And you feel like an alien because you can't feel normal around like everyone else who's just like living their normal lives. It's incredibly isolating. And it's also, it makes you feel invisible, right? Because you're like, oh, no one else is feeling this. So like, it's just me, I'm alone and I just have to deal with it. And I guess I'll go to therapy and hopefully I'll figure it out. And I think that is so, um, it's an extra level of sad, like when you're already feeling alone to feel invisible as well. So for me, putting these conversations out there is a way to let people who are grieving know like you're not alone literally like so many people have lost apparently every again i keep going back to this everyone has either lost someone or will lose someone and it doesn't matter if you're grieving a parent your sibling you know a grandparent like the big feelings of sadness and of isolation of all of those things are are universal and we should be shedding light on that we should be embracing those feelings and normalizing it as an experience and saying like, look, there's no shame in being, being sad. There's no shame in being, you know, just a human with, with a multiplicity, multiplicity, is that a word? Edit that out. I don't know if that's a word, um, but with like a whole bunch of different levels of feelings, you're, you're allowed to hold them all. And I think just chasing happiness and just being you know that obsessed as a society with like be happy hide all your sadness put you know if you're having a bad day just like go cry in the bathroom don't do that shit in public i'm like no i'm gonna i'm gonna do it wherever i want to because i am allowed like we're allowed to be our whole selves in every situation so for me 
it was about um, making grief as visible as possible. Like it's, it should be not, maybe not celebrated, like maybe not, that's not the right word, but it should be open and it should be embraced as a universal human experience. And we should be, we should not be embarrassed to be sad, you know? Yeah. I think it's so easy to file, fall into those kind of holes where, um, you feel like you're the only one that feels this way kind of mm -hmm. thing. So like having a podcast like yours, you know, like uh, it, it is a, uh, a comfort to be able to listen to other people's stories and know, and like you said, know that other people are going through it. Um, now, a, uh, I don't know how to uh, tactfully go into this question, but <laughs> we, we got to ask the question we always ask, which is, uh -huh. do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> um yes a little bit it's uh when I was little I believed in ghosts a lot I haven't thought about ghosts in a while but <laughs> I also uh don't watch horror movies because I'm very scared of ghosts so I guess yes to to put it uh to put it in a short answer <laughs> <laughs> it's uh like the thing about ghosts too like um, I know like you, you obviously found like uh, therapy in your writing and everything, but like a lot of people find it in like believing in ghosts. Right. Mm -hmm. And everything like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's really interesting to me. Um, I mean, like the way we, we lie on the table, Damien doesn't believe in ghosts at all. I believe in ghosts. Oh, um, but not necessarily for like the, uh, reasons of comfort but just of reasons I've, I've seen them before cody cody only believes in ghosts because he finds it comforting to have a, a specter uh tuck him in every night at, be at bedtime <laughs> wait did you say you've seen them before yeah whoa okay cool um <laughs> yeah have you ever had like a paranormal experience like when you were um thinking about it as like a child yeah, so I, uh, as I mentioned before, I grew up in Bangladesh and um, I lost my grandfather when I was about uh, nine or 10 years old. And we lived in the city, but when he passed away, we went to the countryside for a week to like be with his family. And I don't know what it was about that, that place. It was like, you just felt it like at night because um, in, the, in the countryside, uh, electricity is not available everywhere mm -hmm. so parts of like the house that we were staying in had electricity but like a bunch of the ones around didn't and so you would walk down the street at night and it was just like pitch black like literally pitch black and you you felt it like I remember passing by there was this one specific tree it was like a really big tree it's always a big fucking tree right <laughs> there's this huge like monstrous tree that I would see during the day and it would be like oh cool that's a nice big tree and then anytime I walked by at night you felt it like felt a little chillier when you walked by it and I was always like oh they're gonna get my legs like I gotta run it's always <laughs> they always go for the legs so I would like speed up and yeah I, I remember very clearly feeling like oh something's different here yeah, um probably one of the animals that you pissed off during the day is in the tree <laughs> Yeah, just that baboon being like, don't come here. It's not your house. <laughs> it, <laughs> I I think I'm wondering what like the tree because I'm trying to like put it to like a uh, horror movie standpoint. And I think like uh, Poltergeist was like a big one for like mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. like trees being a um, kind Lord, of like, Lord of the Rings, the ants. Oh, that's true. Lord <laughs> of the Rings had the two. 
and like Evil Dead too has that like mm. kind of like the vines and like forest movie. Yeah, the woods doing naughty things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like. I used to watch more horror movies when I was younger because my brother would force me, and then once <laughs> once we weren't living together, I was like, I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> um, but the last horror movie I remember watching was um, The Ring. And that one didn't have any trees, but man, oh man, that girl crawling out of the TV, I couldn't sleep for weeks. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's going to happen. It's like, I have a TV at home. I'm looking at it right now. It's any, like tonight, I'm going to be thinking about it again. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to know where that dead girl got a video camera. She's resourceful. Mm-hmm. Well, I think <laughs> yes. the whole thing is that it's her parents filming it. Is it? Yeah. No. Why would your parents film it? They They film like... They film... It's been so long since I've seen this. Yeah, because they kind of like film them. I'm trying to like not mix it up with Scary Movie Three at the same time. I think it's just <laughs> talking about Scary Movie Three, but because I, <laughs> I know that like the video is even weirder in Scary Movie Three, where it's like in the toilet and the guy's sitting on the toilet. But <laughs> um, I know it's like the mom's like kind of like filming herself, like brushing her hair or whatnot, and then it's like stuff of the dad. And then it's stuff of like throwing her into the well kind of Why thing. Why would you tape that? <laughs> Why would you tape that? Well, you want to document these memories. No, I guess that's true. I don't know. Why would they throw their kid in the well? You they think- don't like her. Yeah, but you, I mean, it's not uh, like questionable why they would do that when they've already done a bad act. So you're saying if you do one bad act, you may as well do all bad acts? No, I'm not. But I'm I, I, I don't know. I'm That's kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm not going to question it because I'm like, OK, yeah, they filmed like people do that all the time. Right. Like they what? I assume like I, murder. Well, yeah, people murder all the time and yeah. some people film it. I don't know. Not everyone. Not. No, not everyone. But in this <laughs> horror movie, they did. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, do you remember the fly from the ring? Yeah. Oh, the fly. OK, yeah, yeah. so. I remember we went to watch it at like a school movie night. Uh, so we, like my brother and I watched it together and the whole thing. Um, but my brother and I watched it together with a bunch of our friends at a school movie night. And we came home that night and my brother, I went into my room and my brother went into his room. And when he opened the door, apparently there was a fly on the bed and he refused to sleep in his room that night. No. <laughs> this is, I was 12, he was 17. And he was like a fully, like almost an adult being like, I can't sleep in that room tonight. Yeah, came so. from the TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think just though, like uh, in Wonka Vision, in, uh, in Char- Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, he sends a chocolate bar to your TV. That's just like the fly. That's where they got that inspiration. In. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. when it makes sense. Like the little girl comes out of your TV because she used to be giant and then they Wonka visioned her and she shrunk down and crawled <laughs> out. I... <laughs> I think the the thing that always like sticks with me the most about like the ring is that horse scene of like the horse like run, running off of the boat. Yeah, and, like, I remember going that, into yeah. the boat motor or whatever. That's one of the things I remember. I forgot that was the ring, but I remember that scene. Yeah, that was like the most haunting part. Almost. Mm-hmm. But wasn't it just like a normal horse? Yeah, it got. Spooked. Yeah, it shouldn't have been scary. Like, I feel like they just took like b-roll from other movies and added a filter and suddenly it was terrifying like just a horse running through a field should not be scary well it ran off the boat and and like went into like the boat motor oh okay (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it was supposed to be like dread and ominous and like something's wrong here yeah i for sure repressed some shit 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm realizing as we're talking about it. Yeah, that's the moment you want to like kind of repress too. Cause it, I mean, it's just so like unsettling. It's like, that's not even scary. It's just like, I, it makes me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it always horses? You know, like People Scarface. Was it Scarface or Godfather? Godfather. With like yeah. Godfather. Yeah. With the, with the dead horse. Mm-hmm. Poor horses. In the Godfather, about. I think the guy what owned the horse. I think he like raced horses and he right. owned it or, or something like that. And that's yeah. why they did it. Cause it was just like, this is your most prized possession. Well, fuck you. Mm. So plus people love horses. So they're sad when they see them dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we got a story to tell. <laughs> we all drew positions beforehand. Uh, Shauna, do you want to reveal what you drew? I am the swing. You, that means you got no responsibility in the story. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got the celebrity. So I go to a random celebrity generator. It's going to give me four options and I'll have to appear as one of these celebrities at some point during the story. Um, so my options are uh, LeBron James, Manny Pacquiao, Billy Graham and Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. The Odyssey. The Odyssey. Homer. Oh, and who? May I inquire? Who is Billy Graham? I think he's pastor, isn't he? Yeah, Yeah. one of those. Wow. So we're we're casting a real wide net when we say celebrity. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we don't. This this app. I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out of their damn minds. All I right. mean, uh, LeBron James and Manny Pacquiao, undoubtable celebrities. No yeah. one's gonna, no one's gonna argue that. Homer, <laughs> yeah, he's a famous author. I guess, I suppose for whatever. I don't know what the hell. I he would, did. I would question Billy Graham before I questioned Homer. <laughs> We're still talking about Homer three thousand years later, so I don't know if that's not famous. Then I don't know what is. Everyone, everyone said Simpson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's the one in the zeitgeist right now. That's true. Yeah, I guess I'll go with uh, Homer and have to uh, do some quick research. And that means I drew the narrator. For that, we're going to go to canigeta.com for a location, a relationship, or a word. Let's do location. Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. The spooky Taylor. That's right. Um, I also did find that article about the spiders, too. I don't know if that's something we want to talk about. (laughs) But it started in 93. Well, actually, Were you Googling that this entire time? Oh, I looked it up a long time ago, but then you started <laughs> talking about grief, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to interrupt that to talk about the spider <laughs> Back to eating spiders. Yeah, in 93, a PC professional article columnist Lisa Holst wrote about the ubiquitous list of facts that were circulating via email. So she set, made her own list of ridiculous facts, which had the statistics about the eight spiders that she actually got from a book that was common misbeliefs printed in 1954. So, I don't, we weren't arguing about eight I, spiders. I'm just saying we were arguing about, you probably have the eight a spider in your, uh, but the, the myth is eight spiders a year. That is what the myth is. And it's been that way since 1954. So. That myth. Yeah. So well, then I, it's I not know. an internet thing. Well, no, the, the, I'm, what I'm saying was it was originally printed in a book in, in 1954, but then in 93, this person wrote a list article with fake facts to show how, surve- uh, 
how pervasive it is. And then it ended up becoming a huge, like very common myth. So it wasn't a common thing until that point, mm -hmm. but it was originally written in 54. It's interesting because that article feels like it's like almost modern in a way of uh, you'll believe anything on the internet. And that's like <laughs> at the very start of the internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a BuzzFeed list now. <laughs> well thanks snopes all right uh so the spooky tailor with homer let's get to it mm -hmm. this episode of spooked is brought to you by better help visit betterhelp.com slash spooked s-p-o-o-k-e-d to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash spooked yes Love is in the air. That's Valentine's right. Day is Va coming up. Valentine's Day coming up, and it's okay if you don't have a sweetheart this year. Mm -hmm. Have no fear. I know that that weighs on a lot of people, whether they have a Valentine, don't have That's a Valentine. Right. You know, and the stresses of planning Valentine's Day is a lot. It can be a lot for you, and you might need someone to talk to during this time. Self-love is important, and what better way to do that than with our friends at BetterHelp? Exactly. I know that for myself, mm -hmm. I get a lot of uh, stress while uh, doing planning and, do mm -hmm. and putting things together. That really uh, stresses me out. It um, gives me anxiety. It, uh, it makes me kind of just fold up and want to just stay in bed. But it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't. So the people at BetterHelp have people to talk to you about this and talk to me. Yeah. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp's a great way to do that. It's entirely online. So even if you are stuck in bed, what great way to start it where you don't have to leave the first few sessions? Exactly. Yeah. Just open up your Open uh, it up laptop. and get it started right there. Yeah. In bed. Perfect. You can still wear your jammies, just as I like it. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, whatever that schedule may be. Just fill out their brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And hey, if they don't work out for some reason, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. Yeah, you're not stuck to a therapist, you know? And and it's all uh, online and everything, so you don't have to have that awkward thing of like in person, and then they're just wondering whether you're, they're going to see you again in person, and it's more of a connection. No! Do online. Do BetterHelp. That's right. So don't forget, go to BetterHelp.com slash spooked to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash spooked. Today. Billy was getting ready for the prom. He was going to have a great time dancing and laughing and hanging out with the boys. Wow. School was almost over and it was time to start the next chapter of his life. But before he did that, he had to make sure he looked pretty darn good if anyone was going to dance with him. So Billy decided to go get his suit made at the tailor. Hello, is anyone here in the store? I have a suit I need hemmed. Billy, realized, Billy realized he should go inside the store if he wanted to get any help. I, um, yeah, I'll come in. Okay. Hi. Hello. I, oh, what you got there? Oh, it's just a, a, a powder blue suit. A little uh, one, though, because this is only grade eight. Oh, that's nice. Who's that belong to? Is that your grandpa's? Yeah, yeah, it's when 
Billy's grandpa was only three feet tall. <laughs> oh, it's got a nice cut to it. Let's let's put it on you. Oh, yes, yeah, you can see like it's a little bit big on me. They crammed Billy into this suit and it was practically falling off of him. For you see, Billy was only two feet tall. Oh, there's a lot of beautiful fabric here. I got to tell you, kid, you got to make something out of this. You got to make something out of this fabric. Well, I was hoping for a suit, but if you got other ideas, I'm open to suggestions. Listen, a suit is just the beginning, okay? You got to think big. You got to go places with this fabric. Look at, oh, it's so smooth. Oh, it feels like silk against my skin. Is it silk? The tailor, pulled out, silk. the tailor pulled out their measuring tape and scissors and started measuring and making little snips and putting pins everywhere. Little Billy was being trapped inside the suit as they were making their way around him. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of this. Oh, it's going to be so beautiful, kid. What do you, what do you, what do you want the suit for? Huh? What's, what's your dream? Tell me about your dreams. Well, mainly I was just hoping to go to the dance, you know. And maybe people would think that I was cool and want to dance with me. And maybe I'd make some good friends oh, that would no. last a lifetime. But oh, you got a school dance, huh? Yeah. Some, someone you want to dance with? Well, a couple Come people on. in particular. I haven't narrowed it down yet. You see, I'm a small child and, you know, my mind's racing all over the place. Oh, kid, you're 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 talking like a player. That's what I like. I haven't <laughs> narrowed it down yet. Ooh, good. Oh. Good for you. Keep your options open. How old are you? Um, uh, 12. Oh, good age. Good age. Not that there's a bad age, but that one. I like that one. That is, I'm sorry. Let me just let's go back to the suit. <laughs> The tailor, making themselves uncomfortable, went back to tailoring. <laughs> so, I, like I was saying, this—I mean, this is beautiful fabric right here, and uh, I'm gonna—I'm gonna fix the suit for you. But I have a—I have a little recommendation, if you'll allow me. Okay, I'm all ears. What we can do is, out of this beautiful fabric, we can—we can use it to make a gorgeous Fabergé egg. We can just like make, take one of those Fabergé eggs and then wrap it in this fabric so it's all smooth on the outside. Fabergé eggs are usually smooth, but it could be smoother. So you could take, you could take that beautiful egg and you could keep it in your pocket for good luck when you're deciding who to dance with. And anytime you feel unsure, you can just touch the egg and be like, yeah, I know what I'm about. And the egg will give me all the answers I need? Yeah. Yeah, we can make a beautiful, silky, magical egg. And you think there's enough extra fabric on this suit to do that? Oh, yeah, we got loads. There you're was gonna be, more than enough. Yeah, you're going to be wearing a real fitted suit, and you're going to feel great. Okay, I'm, I mean, as long as I get this lucky egg, because, you know, like I said, I'm all over the place. I can't even narrow down uh, what what shoes to wear with this suit and before billy could finish his incoherent rant the tailor went to work sniffing and sewing while billy was standing there just snipping and snow sewing cutting off the excess fabric and trimming and putting in place making the suit fit perfectly and taking that extra fabric and wrapping it gently around a faberge egg oh feel it i i'm a little 
concerned. You keep on touching the fabric and you keep on talking about this egg. It just seems like you might have an ulterior motive here. No, what? how dare you? Do I have to buy the egg? No, it's free of charge for you, kid. What's your name again? Billy. Billy, for you, my love, my dear. Oh. It's free. It's all free. The, the, I, I don't have to pay any because my parents gave me $30. Okay, yeah, I'll take the $30. Oh, yes, yeah. fine. I, I would just feel bad, you know, that you did all this work to give you nothing. Well, you know, Billy, I got to say you're a good kid. Not many would offer up $30 for, for something like this, but I appreciate it. Well, it's my parents' money, so it has no weight on me. Yeah, you know, I just, uh, I'm almost too embarrassed to ask everyone for money when I do this work because I just do it for the love of it, for the love of, for oh. the love of the softness. Don't be embarrassed. I mean, like, this is your job. I mean, you got to keep the lights on in this place, you know? I got other ways of doing that, but yeah, this is, this is what, this is what I really love. And so Billy, Billy dropped the $30 on the counter, grabbed the Fabergé egg and ran out of the tailor. Giddy to be wearing such a well-fitted suit and ready for prom. The night arrived at the prom and oh, he was so excited. He put on some cologne, his little corsage and he was ready to go. His mom gave him a big kiss on the forehead and told him, have a good time, sweetie. Thanks, mom. And don't stay out too late, sweetie. Are you not picking me up? You want me to pick you up? You know that I have business tonight. It's just it's an hour walk from the school so honey you know i have business uh, okay yeah i'm a big time important executive i have business you get home yourself okay? okay i love you sweetie okay mom thanks jeez can't even get a ride there can't even get a ride back i got it's two hours of walking today. In his frustration, Billy rammed his hands into his pocket, and he remembered the Fabergé egg there. He softly caressed it and said, I wish I had a ride to this prom. <laughs> oh, oh, there seems to be a car pulling up to me. At that moment, a really cool sports car pulled up, and a cool dude lowered his sunglasses and said, Are you Billy? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm heading to that prom. Why don't you hop in? Couple questions. Why are you heading to the prom? <laughs> well, I just happen to be a cool sports car driver, and I just love cruising by prom. Do you have any the engine? Do you have any kids? You have someone going there? <laughs> no, I just love driving by proms and revving the engine of my cool sports car. Where are my options here? Uh, <laughs> listen, do you want to ride or not? I do. Um, Listen, I got an extra pair of sunglasses here if you want to look cool, too. <sighs> All right, I'm leaving now if you're not going to make up your mind. Um, okay, bye. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take the sunglasses. I'll take the ride. I'll All take right, the ride. let's go. And so Billy hopped into the sports car, put on the shades, and they rode down in style. They cruised on up. Popping over the curb and Billy jumped out of the sports car looking so cool. Everyone was like, oh, my God, is that Billy? Is that Billy coming out of that sports car? Is that his cool new dad or something? Hey, everyone. Billy is here. Um, Hi. Hey, Billy. You're looking real good. 
Oh, <laughs> thanks. I got my uh, suit done. Um, I got. I'm holding the big egg. I got these new sunglasses. I mean, I don't know what I noticed first, the egg or the sunglasses, but I got to say, you're, you don't seem like your usual self today. Uh, call the newfound confidence. Oh, boy. Well, I hope we get to dance later. <laughs> I'd like that. Hey, Billy, I'm just going to hit the drive through while you go to prom. Can I get you anything? Um, maybe a Happy Meal. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take a Happy Meal. Whoa, Billy's getting a Happy Meal from that cool guy. Oh my gosh, save me some nuggets. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Billy walked into the prom, head held high. He was feeling like the cock of the walk, just Mr. Cool Town. All right, all right. Now, I just need to get inside and then... You know, I'll hear the music. And Billy, are you hey. feeling okay? Um, yeah, sorry. I, it's just um, I'm planning out my night. What, Billy, I, I understand that you're planning out your night, but you need to get into the gymnasium right now, okay? We can't have students wandering around outside awkwardly mumbling to themselves. You're making everyone uncomfortable, and I might have to call your parents. No, everyone thinks I'm cool. Well, right now, I don't think you're cool. I'm cooler than you. I don't think that's true. Oh. Uh, Meredith, do you think I'm cooler than Billy? Oh, God, you are. Both if you awful. don't say I'm cooler than Billy, you get detention. OK, James, you are cool. Jesus. All right. That's good. You see. Now get into that prom. I wish that I was cooler than the principal. <laughs> what, what did you just do? Billy, what are you doing in your pants? I'm rubbing my Fabergé egg. Bill, I, I'm going to have to call your mother. Ask who's cooler now. Ask Meredith who's cooler, me or Billy. And I'll give you detention if you say Billy. It's Billy. I'll take the detention. My God, look at him. What the hell? Look at him, James. What the? What the? What the? I'm what? the principal now. No. What? Go. To, you're in detention. Go to jail. Oh my God, Principal Billy. Yes, James. Let's go. I have to take you. What the heck is going on here? I guess I have to go to detention now. I'll tell you what the heck's going on here. I'm taking over this dance. And I get to pick whatever music I want. Uh, just don't pick anything too uh, sexual. It's all sexual. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it now. I'm not cool. Nobody respects me. This seems dangerous, and yet I'm so excited by all of it. Billy strutted into the gymnasium with Meredith at his side. They pushed open the doors and knocked over a couple of dweebs at the door. He said, get out of my way. I'm going to the DJ booth. All right. Now, who wants to hear sexual songs? <laughs> Everyone. Everyone, was, was... Everyone does. Play your, play your hits, Billy. Here they are. Now, everyone sit and listen. <laughs> That's right. Oh my God. Billy what what am I hearing? Playlist of uncomfortable songs, and everyone sat there and listened to them. Should Let, we be dancing? I don't really know what we're supposed to do right now. Take it in. We don't understand the words, but we know we're not supposed to listen to it. Legs crossed, sit on the floor. Oh my God. This feels so wrong, but it feels so right. 
That's right. I think this dance just got taken up a notch. Everyone enjoying the songs? Just be be honest with me. Everyone enjoying them? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's fine, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Fine, I guess. We, we were having fun dancing, and there. now we're just sitting and listening to music that we don't yeah. understand, I guess. I wish everyone loved what I loved. Ooh. Oh, yeah, this is really great, Billy. This is the best. Oh, my God, more, more of this. Oh, my gosh, my ears are bleeding from the goodness. Ah. <laughs> All right, now we can dance. <laughs> Billy noticed that his suit was starting to feel a little baggier than it was when he first got in. Well, oh, it seems with every rub I do on the egg, the fabric gets added back to my suit. That might be my countdown of wishes. That must be what it was, thought Billy. He's like, I've got plenty of fabric left. I'll just keep rubbing the egg and making wishes tonight. What could go wrong, he thought. I wish there was more candy. <laughs> From the rafters, candy rained down upon the students. Several were injured by large jawbreakers, but that didn't matter because everybody loved what Billy loved. I wish everyone thought I was a hero. Billy, you're a hero. Oh you saved God. all the orphans. Babies. Not yet, but eventually. <laughs> All right, everyone. Now, who wants to have the first dance with me? Me, 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 me. Let it be me, Billy. Me, principal. How about me? If I dance with you again, Billy, maybe I could be cool again, and then the children will respect me. Wait, was that the tailor over there? Hey, what's up? How'd you get in the school? I'm a chaperone. Chaperone? Yeah, volunteered. Um, okay. And do you have any kids here? Uh, yeah, my ne- my nephew goes here. Why are you so hung up about children, Billy? Well, no, I, I'm just good. I honestly, you should be more concerned when there's an adult here and you can't trace where they came from. They came from the tailor shop. Jesus, Billy. Everyone knows me here. What are you trying to say? Okay, okay. I'm just, all right. I'm a um, respectable member of this community. Mm-hmm. I tailor great suits. That's right. And she makes the uniforms for our, our sister school. <laughs> we don't have uniforms at this school. I don't believe in them. I thought I sent you to jail. <laughs> well, I, I broke out, okay? No, sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I'm that kind of a badass. I wish that you went back to jail and that you could never break out. All right, James. Ooh, let's go. All right, back to jail I go. Billy noticed that his suit was getting even larger. But it didn't seem that any of the fabric was leaving the egg. Okay, I need to, uh, Taylor, Taylor, you can have the first dance with me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I used the dance as a bit of a diversion here. I gotta ask you, what's going on with my suit? It just keeps on getting bigger. Oh, you know, it's just, uh, listen, I didn't tell you earlier, but, uh, I put a little something, something in that egg. I don't know if you've noticed but a lot of your wishes are coming true tonight. That's right. Billy realized yeah. that the tailor was a lot taller than he remembered. The suit, the suit wasn't changing at all. It, it, it was Billy who was shrinking. Oh, wait a minute. I was only two feet tall to begin with, okay? Yeah, but, you know, I got to take wherever I can. And you're taking my height? Yeah. 
I guess I should have made that clear during the appointment. I apologize. There was a lot going on. The egg was really hard to find. So what was all this about how soft it was? You just wanted me to get distracted and want to touch it a lot? I mean, it worked, didn't it? Yeah. I wish it didn't work. <gasps> oh, shit. Wait a minute. I wish it didn't work. <laughs> Nothing happened because Billy wished it didn't work. So it still worked. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> How's McLoopholes? I, I guess that's got to be a big relief to you, huh? Yeah, thank God. I honestly hadn't thought of that option, but uh, got, got lucky. Listen, kid, I don't mean to make your life harder, but you're only 12. You'll grow. You haven't even hit your big growth spurt yet. You know, you. I'm sure you'll make it to three feet. It'll be fine. I, you know, I'm 42. I don't have much left in life. So I got to do what I can. I know 42 is not that old, but like I have a lot going on. So I just <laughs> don't take it the wrong way. I, I mean, at this point, you would think you'd just be okay with your height, 42. Yeah, I am. I am. But my wife, you know, she she makes comments. It's not nice. You'd think we are, you know, as a society have moved forward where men and women wouldn't worry about that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I, sometimes I wonder why she even married me. Hey, wait a minute. I wish that you had more confidence in yourself. Ooh. Oh, goddamn. Okay. How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel, I feel all right. You feel okay? You feel like you're, you're liking what's going on? I Everything mean, around? yeah, I, you know, no one's perfect, but I'm still a good person. And if Maureen's going to treat me like shit, then I don't need to be with her. Oh, my voice is changing. Oh my God. All of my insecurities are going away now. Yeah, you're no longer sounding like someone that's never hit the sunlight before. Yeah, I don't know why I was hunched over this whole time. I was really adding to the, the height problem. I'm all of a sudden standing a lot taller and feeling feeling fine. Yeah, you're actually just very tall. You were just leaning this whole time. Yeah, I think I just didn't realize. Damn, it's been the day, huh? It has been. Hey, do you want to... Maybe drive me back home and read my favorite book to me. Oh, kid, I'd love that. It's it's not weird, okay? Everyone in the school is looking at me like it's weird, but this what is... What the hell, Billy? It's my tailor! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't go to the baker and ask him to, you know, wipe your butt for you at home. Yeah, we went through a lot more things. And also, I thought you went to jail. <laughs> I'm, Sorry, using the PA, I'm using the PA system. I am in jail. You know, you're not. I see you right in front of me. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, my favorite book is it was actually just assigned to me uh, the other day. It's The Odyssey. Oh, wow. That's deep. And like the Odyssey, we're going to go on a, a, a long journey taking me home. Oh, can't wait. It'll be my privilege to drive you home. All of a sudden, the sports car burst into the gymnasium. What is this I hear about you getting a different ride, Billy? Oh. I said I was coming back, and I had a Happy Meal and everything for but you. I don't know you. But now you're going with this tailor? 
I don't know who you are. You know what I think about people who betray me, Billy? What? I think they're pieces of shit. The, the cool guy took Billy's sunglasses and snapped them in half and threw them out the side of this cool sports car. Wow. That was just unnecessary. Is it, Billy? And vile. You betrayed my trust and friendship. I had other plans. No, you didn't. You made them afterwards. I went with someone that is finally, you know what? A real a, a real parent to me. Because Aww. mine didn't even take me to this dance. They ignore me. They just go on trips all the time. What does this have to do with me? Well, I don't know. I wished for you, and I thought that... Exactly. You wished for me. You took my ride. You asked for a Happy Meal, and I said I would be back. And what did you do? You swept me under the rug, just like your mother swept you under the rug. And you're going to judge her? You're just as much of a monster as she is, Billy. No matter how much you think you aren't. I guess I am. I guess I disregarded this complete stranger that I had no attachment to. Yeah, to go for a tailor that you also had no attachment to and was also a complete stranger. Made my suit, though. Gave you a ride, though. (laughs) And what a beautiful suit it was. What a beautiful sports car I have. Just saying. No big deal. Billy. Yes? I won't pressure you. You know, you choose with your heart. Do you want to go with the beautiful sports car man with the nuggets? Do you want to come with your old friend? The tailor who made all your wishes come true tonight. Well, I want, I want, I want to go with the tailor. You said you'd ride me. I, I want to go with you. You'd bring me a story. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. You know just as much about me as the tailor. You're only here in existence because of the egg that she gave me. That's not true. I had a life outside of this egg and story. What? You just never asked. What was that's it? how rude you were, Billy? No, I'm I brought now. you here. I tried to give you something fun to do, but no, you didn't care about me at all. Oh, well, I asked now and you didn't answer it. So now I'll I answer right care. now. You know what? I, I work. I work at a nice marketing firm. I spend my afternoons at work just finishing up and then I drive in my sports car along the beach. What do you mean finishing up? You know, finish up work. You spend your afternoon finishing up. Yeah, I start in the morning and then I finish up in the afternoon and then I go home. And then I get what, though? You didn't say what you do. I work at a marketing firm. It is odd that you just mentioned the finishing up part. Well, I don't like the work. I only like finishing up and going home and driving my sports car. I I have no regrets to this uh, decision (laughs) of choosing the tailor. Um, And guess what? If you can't appreciate the tailor as well. I don't know the tailor. She made the egg that got the wish. How would I know? You're giving me shit for not knowing somebody. You're a result of a wish. No, I'm the result of my mom and dad. (laughs) Well, I guess it was a wish for my dad. Well, that's sweet. It is sweet. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's clear this isn't going to work out. I mean, the, the tailor and I have barely ever fought. And when we did, it came into a sweet moment. You just get mad at me about marketing, finishing up. Like, I don't give a shit about you. Billy, it sounds like uh, you don't ever fight with the tailor because you just met the tailor. Are you in jail again? <laughs> no, I'm using the PA. Maybe we just don't fight because I've been nothing but encouraging to our sweet little Billy from the start. I have believed in him from the moment he walked into my shop. 
I saw him and I knew that that's a kid full of promise. You also gave him a magic egg that took a good eight inches of his height. Yeah, it, he'll get it back. He'll be fine. I, I wish that I grew six feet. Ooh. All of a sudden, six feet appeared off the side of Billy. Oh, Taylor. I don't control the egg. I don't know why you're mad at me. <laughs> Spooked. That was a scary story. <laughs> really brings home the fear of wishes and what they can do. Actually, only one wish just didn't work out. And it was the very last one. Every wish is a nightmare. <laughs> well, the other ones made you shorter. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Whenever it gets, every wish is a nightmare. <laughs> Um, Shauna, thank you so much for coming on. Where can everyone follow you? Um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so everyone can find me on Instagram at uh, Soliam, S-O-L-E-A-H-M, or you can follow my wonderful new podcast, Finders Grievers, at Finders Grievers. Um, it's available uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Please listen, follow, subscribe, all the good stuff. Amazing. And we'll be tweeting that out at Spooked Podcast as well as go to the Network.com. You'll see a full profile on Shawana with direct links to those articles and the podcast itself. Spooked. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.